to your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. We are not going back, not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we're converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. As always, we are sitting behind the beautiful WBR microphone to share with you common sense conservative values delivered by an angry mom. Let's just say that today. I've got 95.3 billion reasons why I am fussy today, my friends. And I imagine once you get through the show with us, you will feel much the same way. But it sure beats the alternative being... Ignorant, being asleep at the wheel, being, I don't know, not plugged in. So I will take the emotion and we will run with it today. Lots of stories, more federal aid, more foreign money, our money going to foreign countries. Senate just said yes on that. We're going to walk through the vote who on the Republican side helped Democrats yet again. We've got this legislation with this weird kill switch in it. You heard about this? A provision that would penalize Donald Trump with immediate impeachment if he tried to stop said funding. Yes, Democrats always seem to be a step ahead and the Republicans keep letting it happen. We'll talk all about it in the moments ahead. Welcome home, my friends. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. It's one of the basic principles of economics, especially if you'd like to balance your budget, not get swallowed in debt, not rack up credit card bills, not have a credit history that sucks. You do not spend more than you have. And you sure don't spend again and again and again and again and again when you don't have. And when you're in a hole, you have to have an honest moment. You look at your husband or your wife if you're fortunate enough to walk through this journey together. And you have to say, Houston, we have a problem and we got to get out of it. And you pour through everything that you have. What kind of bills do we have? Where are we spending our money? And you start making cuts. Everything that is frivolous is eliminated. If you're smart, you get on some debt consolidation plan. You talk to somebody who can help you dig out and you start chipping away. Start chipping away. The last thing you do is go to the casino and put it all on red and spin and hope. And then limp away 
destitute. This is what your United States Senate has done in the overnight hours. And they want to tell you that it's this triumphant bipartisan cooperation. We've risen to the moment and we've taken action. Now, our action involves your money. But what else do we do but spend your money? We love it. Why on earth would Senate Republicans help Democrats in what was the idea, their objective all along? They created some crap-worthy bill, and then all of a sudden Mitch McConnell turned on it. So weird. They set up James Langford to fail. He, Kirsten Cinema, and what was it, Murphy, getting together to try to create this legislation. It was awful. $20 billion for the border, but really not for the border. Tens of billions for all these, other con- all these other countries. And rightfully so, Republicans said, no way. And it got nuked. That was the aperitif. That was the little teaser beezer to make it look like they were paying attention to we the people. That measure was never intended to pass. This one was, which has zero For the United States, zero for our border, zero for all these Democrat-run sanctuary cities, zero for the six-point-odd million people Joe Biden is welcome to cross. I think that's a small number. Zero for you, your family, your safety, or anything. And we've got Senate Republicans who time and time again vote for it. So I want to tell you because it's not out there yet. We looked at the Senate roll call. Who were the people who voted for this? Some of them are familiar rhino names. Boozman, Capito, Cassidy, Susan Collins. Anybody surprised by Susan Collins? I'm surprised that nobody in Maine has decided to take Susan Collins off the ballot in terms of primarying her out. Cornyn, Kramer. Crapo, Ernst, Grassley, Senator Grassley, my man. I mean, I know you're old and you're doing some good work in there, but what are you doing? Hoven, Kennedy, Kennedy, John Kennedy apparently has to try harder not to suck because he still sucks. Apparently Mitch McConnell, no surprise. Moran, Lisa Murkowski, she's terrible. Rish, Romney, hack. You're going to hear sound from him later. He says, this is the most important vote we'll ever take in the Senate. Really, Mitch? You suck, too. We also have who? Rounds, Sullivan, Thune, Tillis, Wicker, and Young. Those, ladies and gentlemen, are the 22 Senate Republicans who decided to screw you, give you the bird, and give foreign governments your money. All the while, we're sitting in a percolating cesspool of $34 trillion of debt. Who voted against it? Curious. Lindsey Graham. Do you think Lindsey Graham all of a sudden had this weird moment where he's like, you know, I've been helping these Democrats way too long. I'm going to actually grow a pair and I'm going to reject this because it's the right thing for me to do. He knew it was going to get tanked, right? So he wanted to be on the good side for a little while. He's 100% for all of this. Democrats who voted no against sending 80 or 96 billion of your dollars to Ukraine and Israel, et cetera, et cetera. Merkley from Oregon, 
and Welch from Vermont. Bernie Sanders also voting no. Now, the guys who vote no have their own reasons for so doing. Right? But I want to know about the Republicans. What are you doing? You're not listening to us. You're not hearing us. You're not seeing the insanity that has ensued from the lack of leadership within your chamber. We're done being cooperative. We're done working across party lines. We're done looking at the other side of the aisle and saying, I can probably work with that. Because if you're for the further bankruptcy of my children and my freaking grandchildren who aren't even born yet, you are now my enemy. Period. Now, even more insidiously, these 22 Senate Republicans knew damn well what Senator J.D. Vance from Ohio had discovered as he actually read the bill. You know, that crazy thing that happens when you see how much your colleagues suck. And he noticed this intriguing provision stuck somewhere in the middle of this $96 billion monstrosity that's meant as a trap to a future president, Donald Trump. And the trap works thusly. If President Trump, if reelected, holds true to his campaign promise to end the war in Ukraine by negotiating peace with Putin and Zelensky in 24 hours, he will be going against this sweet little kill switch provision which provides for bottomless funding through September of 2025 well into Donald Trump's second presumptive term. And if Donald Trump stops that funding by either helping to end the war or by saying, we're done funding, it triggers an automatic impeachment. Using language, by the way, that goes back to 2019, the Democrats used in one of his prior impeachments. Now, I leave you with this, my friends. Instead of those 22 Senate Republicans voting lock, stock, and barrel with their Democrat colleagues, don't you think those Republicans would have had a better say in pushing back against the kill switch? Unless, of course, they're part of the plan to sink and destroy Donald Trump again. I don't know about you guys. I don't like games when it comes to national security. I don't like games and rolling the dice when it comes to my family's finances and my ability to meet my financial obligations. Do you? They don't care about it. When we come back on the Wendy Bell radio program, now that we've set this out, we stumbled upon something that is a welcome respite from the drilling home of Republican rhino suck. And it is a poll. Who is America's most trusted leader? I don't think they were banking on these results. Got them for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. 
You know, so we came across this every now and again when when we're frustrated and and we're so fed up with these people in in Washington D.C. Not you're not listening to us. Hey Utah, what the hell are you doing? Because it's not enough to shut down Mitt Romney. Are you so tired of that man lying to you and pretending with his stupid lapel pin? What is it today? Is it the Ukrainian flag or is it today the American flag? Which is your value there, Mitt? Where is your allegiance to the war machine? Got it. These people never found a war they didn't want to start, fund, or profit from. That's all this is, friends. So on the flip side, we've got to, we've got to decompress every now and again, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do it here. We found a very interesting poll. And here's the headline from Breitbart.com. Donald Trump is America's most respected leader, in, and by a wide margin, too. Kind of an interesting poll. Former President Trump is America's most respected leader by a 20-point margin over second-place Joe Biden. Rasmussen reports asked 749 likely voters a very simple question. Which one of the following do you respect most as a leader? 749. This is not some scientific poll. This isn't like, wow. But this is a a cool gauge of where people are in just an ocean of suck right now. Donald Trump won a large plurality of 41%. Joe Biden came in second with 21%. Uh, Former President Barack Obama came in third with a measly 17%. Wait a minute. I thought we all loved Barack Obama, our first black president. What progress we made. See, we're such good people. Well, apparently the jig is up on that dude, too. Outgoing never-Trump Senator Mitt Romney. (laughs) He was also part of this, but he came below a fourth-place tie between Bernie Sanders, (laughs) who earned 5%, and Nikki Haley at 5%. Mitt Romney coming in at 3 and Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary. Man, 2%. 2%. I think the Clinton legacy is over. Now, you're going to notice that Trump's 41 percent, if you were to add up Biden, Obama and Hillary combined, they're 39 percent. Donald Trump is more popular than those three wackos altogether. Now, if you dig into the internals of this poll, right, what do they do? 749 Republicans they talk to? No. A full 28 percent of black voters Claim Trump as their most respected leader compared to just 25% for Biden. Trump is beating Biden on this question with black voters by three points. Joe Biden's down by, I think, what, 20 odd points in favorability in the black community, which is just jaw dropping. Hillary earned just 1% of black voters vote. 1%. They're not stupid. They know what's going on. They see all of this. They will not be played anymore. And this suggests that. So Hillary earned just 1% of black voters, which tied her with Mitt Romney and Nikki Haley. Only Obama topped Trump with the black voters, uh, but only by seven points, 35 to 28. Among Democrats, Democrats, Trump earned 13% of the support, which put him ahead of Bernie Sanders, 8%. 
only 1% of Democrats chose Hillary as their most respected leader. Among Republicans, 75% chose Trump. Compare that to a mere 43% of Democrats who chose Biden. Look, these little soft polls, these sort of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this pasta on the, on the cupboard door. Let's see what sticks. You know what sticks? Democrats are waking up, particularly black voters who are Democrats. Among unaffiliated or independent voters, 39% chose Trump. 39% chose Trump. Biden didn't even come in second. That spot went to Obama with 17%. Only 13% of independents said Joe Biden was the most respected leader. Now, this poll comes on the heels of another poll. It's an NBC poll that shows how, in retrospect now, how, if we're going to quote Kamala Harris, the passage of time, (laughs) don't you want to (laughs) just get her, right, grab her? The passage of time, apparently, has more people now than ever before wishing for Donald Trump. Missing the policies, the economy, the safety and security, the sanity, even with all of the crazy news coverage of Donald Trump, of Donald Trump. And we're going to drop that on you later in the, in the broadcast. When asked how the Biden and Trump administrations meshed with their expectations, did, your, did this guy, did Donald Trump, did he meet your expectations, exceed your expectations? How about Joe Biden? Wait until you hear some of this. It is truly intriguing because we've got on the one side, we've got the lawmakers in the Senate who are so utterly disconnected with what is going on on the ground, in our neighborhoods, around our kitchen tables, and they don't care. They might tell you every couple of years, absolutely, I hear you. They hear nothing. They care not at all. And they vote accordingly. Now, that's going to give us an open door into the conversation we had yesterday regarding this terrible shooting at Joel Osteen's church in Texas, that super mega church, right, where 45,000 people worship every, every weekend or every Sunday. What the media are wanting to detour off of and not talk realistically about, that we have to have this conversation, and we will. What's going on in the trans shooter's mind next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program? All right, today's conversation involves us acting like adults. It involves us telling the truth. It involves us having an honest conversation about subjects that should not be uncomfortable but are made specifically to be so as to keep us quiet. I think all of us in our lives will experience a son, a daughter, a family member, someone we love, who is going to come forward and share with us that they are gay. That is a fact of life. We will love these people. We will support these people. We will pray for just peace for them to go live and be who they are 
however they see fit. However, there is now a cult that is dangerous that preys on these people and promises a fake sanctuary by creating false demons all around them. And it is a very dangerous game. I think if you were to poll most Americans, we would say, we believe to live and let live. You do you. You be who you want to be. I will stay out of your way. I'm not going to get involved. I wish you the best. But don't drag America into an endless cultural war that ought not exist because you need an outlet for what else is going on inside of you. And hear me now. Adults who want to prey on children. We find you to be the most vile individuals out there. Period. That said, there is a staggering uptick in the number of young people at younger and younger ages who report that they are gay, that they are bi, that they are trans, that they are questioning, that they are, in a word, confused. And they are confused because they are hearing 7,000 conflicting Advice columns all at once. Reject your parents. They'll never understand. Come join us and become active. And I think there is a very delicate highway, a detour from the LGBTQIA plus agenda and radicalizing terrorists. It does not make me homophobic to say factually that of the last handful of mass shootings, which are tragic no matter how you slice it, a hell of a lot of them are in that LGBTQIA plus realm. Not just this shooter in Texas, but also the Iowa high school shooter who identified as a radical LGBTQ activist, the Nashville shooter, who identified as trans, the Colorado Springs shooter, who identified as non-binary, the Denver shooter, who identified as trans, the Maryland Rite Aid shooter, who also identified as trans. What is it that takes a young person and twists them up inside so that it seems logical to go do something insane. That is where I am today, and I'm curious about the coverage we are receiving of this 36-year-old woman, who some, some outlets are citing as trans, others not. I don't know. But whatever she was, she was deeply, deeply conflicted, very troubled, and troubled for years. We are creating a Petri dish 
where this virus can grow. The virus is not being gay. The virus is using that as justification to behave in a crazy way. And I want to read you this story. This is from U.S. News and World Report. I don't remember the last time I went here, but here it is. This is your headline. Shooter entered Texas megachurch with young son. It was her son and used an AR-style rifle in the attack. Now, people on the left who won't let a crisis go to waste will tell you it's the gun's fault. If only we had fewer guns. It is an insane non-starter. One, it is your constitutional right. And it was this young woman's constitutional right to get one. What she did with it is solely within her purview and her responsibility. And she is dead today. And her young boy, seven years old, who was shot in the head in the crossfire, is clinging to life. And one can only hope will pull through. Authorities say the shooter who opened fire at a Texas megachurch over the weekend had a history of mental illness and used an AR-style rifle in the attack that also critically injured their seven-year-old son. There, we're very careful to use their pronouns in these reports. I care less about pronouns. I care more about the end game. We are dancing in a minefield where we are told we need to be super careful to not misgender people. Well, everybody who says that can suck it until we have a conversation about mental illness in this country. The whole transgender thing is a first world problem. We do not see people in sub-Saharan Africa who are desperate for food jockeying for pronoun wars. These people aren't coming forward saying, you know what, I'm feeling like I was born in the wrong body. That is something that is created and allowed in a first world country. Because in that first world country are people who are very excited to make money off of people who think they were born in the wrong body. What does it cost? The potential earning, the earnings of a medical facility for an individual who comes in and says, you know what, something's wrong. And I'm thinking, I I look like a girl, but I've always felt like a boy and I need help. It's more than a million dollars. And yet we are told that when we don't fall in line and we speak out and say, folks, we got a mental illness problem in this country. We're the problem. Not the doctors and the medical institutions and the insurance companies who profit off of these people's mutilation. So this woman, 36 years old, Janice Yvonne Moreno, she's the shooter, wore a trench coat, carried a backpack, walked into Lakewood Church, used both male and female aliases. But if you look at any of the pictures of this individual, about 10 years ago, was a, was a cute woman. Now, up until her passing over the weekend, looked rough. Looked like she was going through something. 
Certainly not the feminine woman she had been before. The attack happened in between services at the Houston megachurch. During the shooting, Moreno's seven-year-old son was shot in the... Who walks into a church knowing they're going to open fire, knowing that they're going to receive fire and take their child with them, other than someone who is not well? I'll sugarcoat it. Police and FBI investigators say they've not established a motive, but they were looking into a dispute involving Moreno and the family of her ex-husband. Moreno had a history of mental illness, including being placed under emergency detention in 2016. You have every single condition that is that is ripe in this recipe for radicalization. And how many people had to feed into it along the way? Police searched Moreno's residence in Conroe a city about 50 miles north of the church. Court records show she had prior arrests, a long rap sheet, involved in a divorce and a child custody battle in 2022, in which Moreno's ex-mother-in-law indicated she had sought advice from the staff at the church where she ultimately went in with the intent to kill. Court documents do not indicate which staff the woman contacted. She appeared to have legally purchased the, the rifle used in the attack in December. Investigators are looking into how she obtained it. Also carried a 22 into the church in her backpack. Look, your media are going to make all sorts of excuses. They're going to tell you that guns are the problem, that if only we had fewer guns. Ladies and gentlemen, there's what, two guns for every human being in this country right now? You think you're going to get rid of guns? No, what you've got to do is you've got to get to the root causes, you know, like the root causes of mass migration, which we never got to the root cause of because it's a smokescreen. But in this case, we are creating that very experiment inside the Petri dish where the conditions are ripe for this virus to grow. And I find it very curious how many news outlets won't talk about the mental illness involved. So spare me any news site out there that wants to tell me I need to give up my Glock. Because by golly, we've had enough violence. No, no, no. What is the relationship between LGBTQ and violence besides some kind of mental illness connected to the radicalization, purposeful radicalization into terrorist actors? Who's going to have that conversation? Because I'm ready for it. Anybody else? As long as we're telling the truth. Quick time out when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Fanny Willis finds herself in the spotlight again. I'm hearing that she could not only be removed from this Trump election interference case in Georgia. She faces disbarment. Because last time I checked, if you can't tell the truth, you ought not be involved in justice. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So this Fannie Willis case is not going away. She's tried to avoid the judicial oversight subpoena. Says, I don't see it. Blah, blah, blah. No, what? 
And then, of course, you've got uh, the U.S. Marshals have to go and deliver the subpoena to her. Hi, you've been asked to appear before Congress. So nice try trying to avoid us, but we'll see you on February 19th or whatever it is. It's coming up. I want to read you this headline, dailycaller.com. Judge says Fannie Willis's disqualification possible given evidence presented by Trump co-defendant. This guy who's been lumped into this case, remember all the other 18 people have either, they're either separated from Trump and this other fellow, or they've pled guilty, Jenna Ellis, right, trying to limp away with her tail between her legs. So here's the story. Judge Scott McAfee said yesterday that it is, quote, possible Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis could be disqualified based on evidence of alleged corruption presented by Trump co-defendant Michael Roman. This guy's been unstoppable. Roman filed a motion last month claiming that Willis benefited from appointing her romantic partner, Nathan Wade, as special prosecutor on the case against former President Donald Trump when he used funds earned from his, quote, lucrative contract to take her on vacations. It does not take a a money expert here to connect dots, right? She's she's working with the January 6th Select Committee. They provide her access to all of their interviews, which, of course, they erased. So Donald Trump couldn't use them as exculpatory in his own defense, right? So just chew on that as the beginning here. So they work with her. She, she drops the case, right? Says, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to file this indictment. Remember, they huddle late at night on a Monday and the grand jury comes back. Oh, indict him. Okay, big news. Woo. So they indict the guy. Before that, though, she's sleeping, allegedly, with this Nathan Wade guy who's married to another woman. Fanny Willis gets funding to pay for her prosecution, allegedly, of Donald Trump. That she floats $650,000, specifically to Nathan Wade, a guy who is a divorce lawyer and has never been involved in a RICO case in his career. Does that make sense? Of course not. Beyond that, as his now-to-be ex-wife has dropped credit card receipts on, Nathan Wade booked travel, took Fannie Willis on all these trips, took a cruise, went around the world on that money. That is not allowed. And then they tried to deceive the judge about it. So this judge in the case, Scott McAfee, said the evidence presented by this co-defendant, Michael Roman, to date, requires maintaining the hearing scheduled. It's coming up on Thursday to determine whether or not Willis should be disqualified from the case. Of course, Willis has urged him to dismiss Roman's motion without a hearing. Away with that. Oh, scurrilous lies. Well, it's not working. Quote, the state has admitted a relationship existed. This is the judge speaking. What remains to be proven is the extent and the existence of any financial benefit. Again, if there even was one. So because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by the defendant could result in disqualification, I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record on those core allegations. What's going to happen then? Well, Willis is going to have to go in front of this judge and the judge is going to say, hey, where are you guys sleeping together? What are you guys doing? You're involved romantically because she's going to say and has said, no, 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 no. That didn't happen until after 
I named him a special prosecutor. But witnesses in her own office, witnesses she fired because they blew the whistle to her and said, look, this dude's trying to spend money that is not allowed. You cannot spend election donations on this sort of stuff. And Fannie Willis fired that woman. All of a sudden now, you've got this bevy of eyewitnesses and potential whistleblowers who are saying, you know what? I know some stuff. I'm ready to come forward. This is Fannie Willis's basic last gasp to save any kind of face. Legally speaking, in her career. And in fact, Jonathan Turley, who's a Fox News contributor, he's an awesome legal scholar. He's a lawyer. Says that he would not be surprised if the results of all of this mess in her rabid, triggered Focus to destroy Donald Trump would be her disbarment. That is how serious this is. I think the issues that point here are whether a relationship existed, whether that relationship was romantic or non-romantic in nature, when it formed, and whether it continues. That's only relevant because it's in combination with the question of the existence and the extent of any personal benefit. You cannot enrich yourself on the taxpayer dime and then lie about it and expect to get away with it. But they have for so, for so long. So needless to say, we are certainly paying attention to this case because there's no way she's going to be able to get out of this. Bank statements and this guy Wade's divorce revealed all these airline tickets to Miami, to San Francisco, in Fannie Willis's name. And Roman's attorney claimed Wade's gifts to her totaled thousands and thousands of dollars. In fact, we're now seeing two additional and previously undisclosed trips. A pair that the, uh, a cruise apparently to the Bahamas that they took in December of 2022. And you know, that nice trip to Belize in March of 2023. Seems like everybody's taking all these vacations, except you and I who are working our tails off to freaking pay for them all. Other than that, everything is great. <laughs> okay, so if you cannot beat Donald Trump, you know that you can't. Your policies, your, your everything sucks. And you're worried about stealing the election. Well, what do you do? You sink a measure into some bill that could impeach him yet again. J.D. Vance sits down with Tucker Carlson to tell the real news. Tucker's first post-Putin interview. And this one is worth every single moment. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network.